Hey everybody and welcome to podcast 16 We can't have pony So when I was listening to podcast 15 I noticed that I had an error that I accidentally left in there And I think I'm gonna leave it in there on purpose Illogical Maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't But it's a mystery and I don't like mysteries There are a few hints in this opening section And I'll tell you what it is in just a second about this being a bad idea. Thanks for saying, sir. So when I design my podcasts, I go through it probably, uh, I don't know, between two and five times when I'm editing. Uh, But, you know, I would say in complete listen-throughs on the editing side of it, it's it's probably about two complete listen-throughs. And then I'll, I'll do a final burn, as it were, and export it to MP3. And then... Once it shows up, I will download it to my iPhone and check it out on my iPhone and listen to it as a listener, as you guys would there would out there. So this error, um, I think I'm going to leave it in for now at the risk of nerd rage. And if the, if the nerd rage gets too bad, I, I can edit it out. Although that would make this podcast intro bit seem uh, a little silly because, you know, I'm explaining the boo-boo. And uh, why I left it in. And if I take it out, then it won't be there anymore. So the the reason I'm going to keep it in there is because I think these these errors make us human. They make they make people um, connect with us in in a realistic way because we're not robots. I mean, you know, we we um, public figures, I guess you could say, are not we're not we're not perfect. We're not robots. What we say isn't always accurate. What we say isn't always right. What we say is sometimes invalidated later on by new information and that that happens quite a bit in in PC hardware and gaming you know as time goes on newer parts come out and what you might have said six months ago wouldn't apply anymore anyways it it makes us human and I I think that's part of why people might like me more is because I do make the occasional mistake I, I put in my bloopers for that reason I know that when I'm relating to people I like to know that they're the real people and they acknowledge their mistakes so the mistake was this. I was talking about the classic Star Trek versus the new school Star Trek movie and how I liked the, the style and that they preserved all of the classic Trek elements. And then I, I went on to talk about how space combat is probably a little bit more true to what it would really be um, you know, in the real world, as it were, if sp- space combat truly existed. And I, I went on to try and mention the Star Trek universe because they they tend to have sort of a, a World War II battleship kind of style, which I think probably would be more realistic to space combat. But I think my brain was thinking about space combat and it, it kind of fixated on that and it flipped and I said in the Star Wars universe. So in that last little bit, around 30 minutes in, I say Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars universe. Oops! And uh, like I said, I, I didn't even catch that until as a listener where I had already re-listened to that bit 
three or four times at least. I don't know why I didn't catch it uh, until I was actually listening. But, um, yeah, that's the boo-boo. And I think it's just important to remember and realize that, you know, people are, are real people. We make mistakes. We have uh, brain craziness. You know, it, it sometimes crisscrosses on things. And uh, that happens. And you just have to uh, take the blows as they come, as as, as it were, and uh, acknowledge that, yeah, you know, I'm a real person. I have, you know, thoughts and feelings, and uh, I make mistakes. And uh, that's okay. And I, I can live with that and, uh, you know, move on. So in games that I play, I often don't choose human if there's a choice. I usually, you know, pick elves if it's a fantasy game or um, half elves if, if it's an option or... Sometimes I'll pick aliens if, if it's sci-fi and there's, you know, humans and aliens. But I think part of it is that I am not really disinterested in human history, but typically human human history and human culture tends to be very uh, middle ground. I guess you could say many, great, many games um, portray them as the race that can do pretty much anything but don't really excel at any one thing unless it's it's maybe uh, a game of expansionism and um, you know conquest and then humans tend to typically be a little bit more tech or they, they tend to be a little bit more tech or factory based you know they, they produce units faster or they reproduce uh, people faster and I think I, I'm not really sure why I do that I, I mean a lot of people I know pick races um, specifically human and uh, sex slash gender um, so that they can associate with their character more. But I actually often choose to pick races and or gender slash sexes that I don't necessarily associate with in terms of, of humanness, I guess you could say. Um, in World of Warcraft, my main character, which, which I'm not currently playing, He's gnome, and so I do associate him with um, associate with him, in terms of sort of how they portray gnomes as being slightly more intelligent, slightly silly, um, a little bit silly looking. You know, not quite the tallest, most handsome race. And um, I suppose you could say I, I pick them because I associate with that, as opposed to the humanness of of my existence. I guess. I suppose. Part of it, too, could be just the, the cultural aspect is that I've never really felt normal, as it were, um, in that I, I haven't really gotten, I guess you could say, a, f a fair chance at being normal. Um, my mom died when I was 13, and so that was very different. My dad didn't really remarry. He had a few girlfriends here and there. So I, I grew up, you know, a, a kid with a single parent, and that was you know, even these days is a, is a bit odd. And in terms of support, I didn't really get any support from my dad. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't have really a normal life growing up. And, and so with friends, you know, I, I had some friends and stuff, but we moved, we moved around a few times. And so I never made any stable connections there. So I, I don't really, I guess, associate with what is normal for everybody. And, um, 
typically humans when you when you play games humans always have that that standard normal upbringing current times games are getting a little bit better about giving you different background choices like with mass effect one and two it's um it's science fiction so you get a little bit different uh choices there and i'm i'm okay with playing human there but also I'm I'm more okay with it because they give you different background options for the character. It's not like just because you're human you have this one standard background. There's a few different choices here and there and so you can you can mix it up a little bit better and tailor it sort of to to your own personal life. And I I, I think a lot of why I choose the races that I choose in video games is because I I like to associate with them. Like with Guild Wars 2, I'm looking at their gnomish-like race. It's not really a gnome. It's sort of, it's more alien than gnome, but it's it's kind of cool looking. It's it's different. It's got big eyes and kind of a big head, and they're very tech-oriented um, from their description. And you know, we can't all be tall, beautiful, perfect people. And and I relate to that. And I I enjoy playing those kind of uh, characters. I don't really know why. Um, maybe that's just kind of how I see myself. But also, I suppose maybe it's because people treat you according to how they see your avatar, as it were. And so, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just used to being treated that way. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to pick a male character, then I, I prefer that. But if I can't, then I I do prefer the the hot girl race. Um, yeah, because I look at her butt. And so, haha, you know, I guess your butt. And so... um. You know, it, it's kind of weird from that perspective because then I get to, like, um, you know, root for this girl. Ooh, she got this cool item. Yay. Ooh, this item looks really cool on her. You know, and it's like I'm associating myself with somebody who has a companion instead of that avatar being me, per se. Well, I, I suppose that doesn't really relate to being human or not because, you know, playing a guy or a girl, um, eh, you know, if, if they're not human, they're not human. I'm... I guess just uh, with playing humans, um, I I really kind of avoid it a lot because I, I I don't know I find them boring in most games. Like with Lord of the Rings Online, they kind of they have that forced choice thing of if you want to be a certain class, you have to be a certain race. And so there, I was only in beta. I didn't actually play it past launch, but there the class I wanted to play forced me to play human. And I don't know, I, I just wasn't really comfortable with it. I mean, it was okay, but I kind of kind of thought it was kind of boring. I don't, maybe it's partly because I am human, and because my life, uh, you know, is not that great, and it is kind of lower average, and I, I don't really feel like I stand out a whole lot. I, I mean, you know, we got this podcast here, and we got my site, and, you know, I get some recognition for that, and it's certainly not normal in, in that sense, but... I don't. I don't really really know if I, I feel like I stand out all that much in terms of uh, specialness. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just that I, I I feel like I don't really relate to the the normal human character. And so if I can take someone that's got a, a little bit different history, a little bit different uh, culture going on, and that maybe maybe I think that that seems interesting to me. Because uh, my life, I don't know, just doesn't seem all that interesting. And um, I'm getting rambly and a little bit sad. So I think I will move on to the next topic.
Wars 2 recently put out some footage of their major cities and I apologize here to anybody who does not like Guild Wars 2 or to my future self if I wind up not liking Guild Wars 2 and if you feel like I'm talking about it a little too much so I, I apologize for that but um, they put out some footage of the cities and these cities are massive and like really extremely detailed I have a feeling it's probably only going to be one you know, one major city, you know, they have the two major cities up there, but probably one major city per per big area. I really don't expect there to be more than those two massively huge, really detailed cities because that is a lot of work for the, the artists and the, the coders and everybody. But looking at that, and, and a friend of mine from back in the day who I haven't really talked to in a while, we were online friends. We weren't, you know, real-life friends. Anyways, he, he posted an article, and he talked about it a little bit, and that got me to thinking a little bit, and uh, that's hopefully, you know, what we do. Uh, we pass things on to each other and make each other think about it. It's part of being human. Anyways, um, he was talking about how there's the difference between games and worlds, and the footage of the Guild Wars 2 cities look very, very much like worlds. I mean, these are... These are vendors who are, you know, they're, they got their carts and they're moving around and there's children running around and there's people standing in their doorways and, you know, people walking around doing their daily routines. And that's, you know, a very different feel from most games. And th this is a, on a massively multiplayer online game. So, you know, c compared to those in particular, you know, a lot of those games just have vendors which aren't even really vendors. I mean, they're just pretty much windows with faces you know you go to them for your quest or you go to them for your your food or your health potions or whatever and they're really nothing more than just you know a fancy window that that interfaces with you but here with guild wars 2 you've got this living breathing city and that's something i really really enjoyed about world of warcraft and really kind of miss even though there are only a few cities in world of warcraft like that they feel like real cities. I mean, you see these houses and you wonder who lives here, you know. Where are these people going? Why are, why are these children running around? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're, they're NPCs. They're, they're living their lives. I mean, they're, you know, made up and they're following patterns. But, you know, you could see them as real people if you were, like, in a, in a pen and paper game. You would, you would see that the GM gave them some thought and these people have some history. You, you could stop them and, and talk to them and, and learn about them. And I think it's really important for games to present that kind of feel because, you know, as my friend said, there's, there's games that are just games. And these, these NPCs don't really feel like anything. They're hollow. They're just, you know, sign fronts with faces. And I think that's really important to move away from that and move to... Yeah, world building I guess you could say I mean people people say it all the time but they very rarely mean it I mean even in single player games they rarely get this level of detail and background on the the characters that the player interfaces with and I think it's really really important because 
you need to feel like you are somewhere that is alive, that has a history, that has, you know, people that are living their lives, even, you know, the NPC people. And it's, it's really important. And I, I think it's a big part of feeling alive and, and being human, as it were. You know, we're, we're curious people. We like to know what's going on in people's lives. We like to know that people have lives. And, you know, we don't, we don't just go to, you know, our local food store and see the people that check us out as, uh, you know, NP- NPCs with signs, you know, for windows of buying your groceries. No, these are real people. I mean, you know, many people probably do treat them like that, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, they're real people. I know, I know most of their names. I know some of their history. Granted, I, I've been going to the same food store for, you know, 10 plus years now, but, you know, we, we are curious people. We like to know about other people and we like to know that, uh, there is life that, that goes on outside of our lives and continues without us. And I think games often forget this. And I, I think it's really important. And, uh, a big part of feeling feeling human and feeling alive and feeling like a a part of something greater than us I think part of being human uh, a real human not an in-game human is that we like to feel a connectedness to others. We like to know that they have shared interests and shared goals. And we also like to challenge ourselves. I I wouldn't say it's a a primal instinct to challenge and fight and want to beat other people. But I I would say there is a, a sort of urge to connect with others in a a competitive spirit, I, I guess you could say, where we we can end up acknowledge their strengths and acknowledge our own strengths and be like, oh, cool, I beat him, or oh, cool, he beat me, and you know, I'll, I'll do better next time, and have sort of a, a friendly back and forth. I picked up a game today specifically to join a tournament. Um, I'm pretty bad at this game, actually. I, I, I don't really know why I did it, but I, I think it was just to feel feel something different and be part of uh, something that's bigger than me and say, hey, I, I was part of that. You know, I, I was in on that uh, tournament contest. And I think, too, a lot of it is that I want to feel something when I play my games. Single-player games are typically a little bit better at evoking emotion than multiplayer online games, but it seems more and more as the years go on, I'm either getting desensitized to the MMOG experience or it's just following this bad formula that's just really not doing it for me. I, I just don't really get a lot of emotional feeling out of it. I don't feel I don't feel excited, I don't feel anxious, I don't feel scared. And I, I think this is probably why a lot of people do PvP and why people enjoy first person shooters or or online strategy games where, you know, it's a, it's a competitive field and it's, you know, specifically about people competing with other people. And so that's part of why I picked it up. I've been wanting to play it and play the single player game, but, you know, being online on occasion and, and playing matches will be, it will be cool. It would be nice to, to feel that again, uh, that connection to others and that, uh, that challenge of, you know, are they going to beat me? Am I going to do better this time than I did last time? That sort of stuff. But I, I think there's a, a sort of need in people to, to feel connected with others and share experience. 
And I think that's possibly part of why I've been stuck on the outside, as it were, without friends for so long. I just don't have any circles that I interact with anymore except for, you know, online circles. And so even though I might be doing things that other people are doing, like I saw Kung Fu Panda 2 the other night, and it was awesome. And there was, you know, a lot of other people there that enjoyed it, and uh, a lot of other people there like me who, who enjoyed the first one and probably uh, share a lot of other movies that I like. But I'm I'm not directly interacting with them. You know, I don't, I don't see them, you know, outside of the movies. I probably will never see those people again. I, I didn't even really see them the first time because, you know, it's a movie theater. So... I think for gaming in in specific it allows us to to meet and connect with others and in the case of uh competitive games you know feel sort of a, a camaraderie of of spirit so to speak and I think that's kind of a an important thing to consider I I'm not a big PVPer and I I'm certainly not saying put PVP in every game what I am saying is that developers should remember that you know human people enjoy feeling things, you know, evoking different emotions when they're playing, having their emotions uh, not necessarily played with, but, uh, you know, brought up. They they want to have feelings and interaction with the world and and feel part of the world and connected to other players. And they want to, uh, you know, have feelings and emotion and and stories that uh, make them feel something. I think in any games we play, be they online or, or offline games, we we do want to experience something, and we want to have a great story, and we're we're doing it to explore, you know, whatever it is that we're exploring, you know, like pen and paper gaming, or you know, an online game, or you know, a single player game, whatever world it is that we're in, we want to explore that, but we also want to have fun, and we want to experience emotion, and uh, we want to be thrilled and uh, dazzled, and see things of beauty and terror and all all manner of emotion, and that's uh, why we play, I think. Fascinating. So it looks like we are at the end of another podcast, just about, and uh, it'll be about a week and a half since I did the last one, so I will go ahead and release it. I don't see uh, much point in keeping it another, you know, whatever, four four plus days just to add on a few minutes when I can release it a little bit early and you guys get about the normal size length. I probably will not make it any faster than one and a half weeks unless I start to get a whole lot more content to talk about because so far it's been it's been pretty good I think. I, I don't think I've had any really bad podcasts per se that I, that I feel bad about that I uh, that I didn't like the content that I put out there. You know granted some of it's not amazing but I think it's all it's all fairly moderate to good. And um, yeah, I'm still having fun. I'm still uh, making my mark of uh, at least once every other week. And uh, typically, I think more often than not, I've been getting them out to guys sooner. So that's cool and happy for everybody. And um, I see no reason why I should stop. Um, I still have stuff to talk about that seems at least remotely interesting to me and hopefully interesting to you guys. I was going to check my stats again and see how many had been downloaded uh, since my last check, but I forgot. The bunny is forgetful sometimes. So I'll do that later, and uh, it will remain a mystery. But hopefully 
uh, you guys are enjoying it out there, and uh, future people will enjoy it as well, and uh, more and more people will uh, have fun with it and have a good time, and uh, at least it was entertaining for you. So that's it for this week. Uh, no pirates treasure or email or oh dang, I forgot to check for reviews. So that's it uh, for podcast sixteen, and I'll see everybody next time. Hopefully, okay. Thanks. Bye. With, um, with with Middle Earth Online. Oh, wait, uh, oh. Wow, timer. Thanks a lot. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use a space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. Whenever you type rabbit in any of those, be sure to, to put a one in place of I. Rabbit's Rambling is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribute Sharealike license.